Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. What sets off narcissistic anger? Anything and everything. Asking them to help in the kitchen. Asking them to pick up a few groceries on the way home. How dare I inconvenience them? Asking them how much gas is in the car. How dare I challenge their expertise in caring for the car? Chatting about how your day has been. Chatting about your kids. Telling them about how the kids are doing in school. They can't seem to be bothered by such mundane aspects of life. Minding my own business, so just not talking to them, but just being, doing my own hobbies. But how dare I not give them all of my attention, all of my care, and I actually put it somewhere else? Asking them to keep the house quiet while the kids are asleep. How dare I tell them how to be in their own home? Saying that, you know, I don't care what we eat, you can pick. But how dare I be so selfish and uncooperative? Asking them if we can leave for church in like five minutes. The time, you know, that we said we were going to leave. Asking if, you know, are they going to be ready because he was still sitting on the bed in his pajamas playing on his phone? So the response I got was, well, do you even want me to go in the first place? I'm not going if you can't appreciate the effort I put in. Asking him not to use metal utensils on a nonstick pan? Well, don't tell me what to do. I know how to take care of this, even though about a week later he was complaining that the nonstick pans were so scratched up. How about running my windshield wipers on regular speed on my own car? How dare I waste his hard-earned money and ruin those windshield wipers because I run them too much? Anything and everything is a potential catalyst for their narcissistic anger. And you're scrambling trying to figure out all the ways to interact with them that doesn't set off their anger. But you just can't succeed. There's no way possible to succeed at this. And that anger shows up with two distinct faces that I want to talk about today. Narcissistic rage and narcissistic simmer. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. And thank you so much for joining me here today. So how does this anger show up? I call it narcissistic rage. It's a pretty common phrase out there right now. And narcissistic simmer. So these two extremes can seem like polar opposites. And in a way, they kind of are. One is more outward, overt, um, aggressive, and external. While the other one is more internal and uh, passive. And we're going to talk about these two ways. But the desired outcome from the narcissistic person is the same. That desired outcome is for you to give them all of your attention, all of your care, your energy, your sympathy, your efforts to make things right for them. That's the outcome that both of these provide. The rage, like I said, it shows up more outwardly and aggressive. So it can be like an angry outburst, like just verbal aggression. Why would you say that? How can you be so stupid? You think you're better than everyone else. We're going to talk about this right now. You are the meanest person I know. I can't believe I'm stuck with you. This is the more verbal, outwardly aggressive way. So, for example, you ask them to put their laundry away and they explode in this ugly verbal assault. I'll do it when I'm ready. What do you think? That you're the expert around here? That you're perfect? 
Do you think that you're in charge? Someday I'll show you who the boss is. Okay. Aggressive name calling. That's another way of this narcissistic rage shows up. These shocking names that they call. I, I'm not going to say them here on my podcast. These are things I would never call my worst enemy. Yet they feel entitled to call you these names and later act as though it never happened and expect you to feel loving towards them. Talk about entitlement. They're later shocked when you don't want to spend time with them, when you don't want to go out with them or snuggle in bed with them because you're still reeling from the names that you were called. Why you you don't even want to be around them and they can't figure out why? This, of course, causes a whole another round of narcissistic rage. Again, a, a screaming for your attention, for you to go make things right, for you to, uh, you know, to apologize for things you didn't even do wrong. But they're exploding with this verbal garbage to get you to do all the effort, put in all the work. How about an increase in physical aggression? When you keep going on the line of this narcissistic rage, now they're in your face, posturing up with intimidation, maybe blocking your path to get out of a door, cornering you in a room, towering over you, still yelling and belittling you. Maybe they even pick something up in a threatening way or, or throw something, punch a hole in a wall. All of this just because maybe you asked them to keep the house quiet while the kids were asleep. And this is where you land. Clearly, the kids are not the priority here. These behaviors are, are vindictive. I'll show you, I'll teach you to never talk to me that way. They believe that you have so badly hurt them with your request or your question or your comment, and, and you've so hurt them with your excessive demands or selfish behavior in their eyes that they have to teach you a lesson. Narcissistic people love to teach you a lesson. They're quite convinced that it is their job to teach the world. And, and they will often exaggerate their educating lessons just to drive in their point. And this is where the escalation goes uh, uh, down that line of, of the, you know, aggressive verbal assault to name calling to intimidation and vindictive behaviors. They also believe that just because they are angry, they get a free pass. Like they can now do whatever they want. It's your fault they're angry. And so all of their actions and their angry words and their reactions are completely justified in their mind. This is because of something you did. And so it's all your fault and they're off the hook and however they react. I had a group member once tell me a story from her situation. She had told her partner, her husband, that she wanted a divorce. and. In his response to this, of course, he, he exploded with verbal assault and verbal anger towards her. He stormed out of the house and he went and got drunk and, and went and, and then got in the car and drove and got a DUI. Well, of course, at the end of the day, his DUI in his eyes were all her fault. It's your fault that I got drunk. It's your fault that I got a DUI because you told me you want a divorce. No reflection as to why do you want the divorce? What's going on? What have I done? What can we fix? None of that. His angry reaction was all her fault. I had another one tell me that she accidentally spilled coffee and therefore he punched a hole in the wall. 
well, of course, isn't that what you do when somebody spills coffee? You know, this is, this is vindictive behavior, out of control behavior, but it's all her fault because she spilled the coffee. This doesn't make sense. A narcissistic rage is terrifying and it is done for the full purpose of proving you wrong, proving you to be the bad guy, proving you to be the one causing all of this and putting you back in your place. It's to make you feel small, worthless, insignificant, scared, powerless, unsafe, threatened, to teach you a lesson to never do that again, whatever that was. Now, I do want to say here that while many covert narcissists have a line that they will not cross, they are so protective of their own image as a good person that they will often not cross that line and become physically abusive. However, that is not the case in every situation. So please pay attention to the specifics of your situation. One who is escalating from verbal assaults and name calling to physical intimidation and vindictive behavior could continue that escalation to the stage of physical assault. Especially when they escalate to the point that they are no longer trying to hide their abusiveness from others. Okay, when they no longer care about protecting their image publicly, please be careful of that. Find some support around you and let others know about your concern. Now, the other side of narcissistic anger shows up more passively. This is what I like to call the narcissistic simmer. It's you can feel the anger. You know it's there. It sits just under the surface, but they're going to deny it. I'm not angry. I, you know, don't tell me that I'm angry. I got those kind of words from, from my husband. He would say, you know, I've just been hurt by you. Don't tell me I'm angry. I've just been hurt by you. Hurt by me because I asked him to empty the dishwasher. Hurt by me because I tried to just tell him how the kids were that day and what their day was like. These are the things that hurt my husband. And in that hurt, then the, the anger would just simmer under the surface. This after years of trying to love him, care for him, tend to his needs, wants, and feelings. Their anger does not explode out externally, but it simmers. They make it very clear that they are mad, but they do it in such a passive way that it's easily denied. It's sort of an implosion rather than an explosion, and it pulls you right in with it, playing on your sympathy, pushing you to give in to them, and making them now the center of your world. So what does this really look like? They sulk around the house, letting everyone know that they are unhappy, sitting right in the middle of whatever you're doing, making sure that you see them huffing and sighing, so unhappy, waiting for you to ask what's wrong. The look at me behavior, such an intense victim mode, but only when the audience is around. And the best audience, of course, is you. My husband laid in the middle of the kitchen floor one time when he wasn't receiving enough sympathetic attention from me. He was mad. Uh, again, it was over just a simple conversation that he, you know, exploded about. And so now he's mad. He wanted to make sure that I knew it. And when I did not give him enough attention over that anger that was in his, you know, that narcissistic simmer, he came trying to make me feel bad, comes and lies down in the middle of the kitchen floor. A man in his 40s, a father of two teenage children, while I'm in the middle of cooking dinner. So now I'm stepping over him between the stove and the refrigerator. They feel chronically underappreciated. 
especially by you. They make it their mission to communicate this to you so you get irritability, short and abrupt answers. You might say, how are you? How was your day? Fine. Or since when do you care? Answers that push your sympathy buttons. Of course I care. And so you're asking, you know, wait, are you okay? What's wrong? Did I do anything to upset you? And this is where it goes. Or you get withdrawal and abandonment. The silent treatment is part of this narcissistic simmer. You say something to them and you get met with this cold silence, like talking to a void. So you might start with, hey, Susie got a good report from the doctor today. And this might be, you know, a friend or a family member. And they say nothing. Staring at their phone, staring at the TV. So you repeat yourself. You know, maybe they didn't hear you. Hey, Susie got a good report from the doctor today. Well, now they snap. I heard you the first time. Whoa. Well, you didn't say anything, so I thought you didn't hear me. And how do they respond? Well, of course I heard you. I always hear you. You didn't ask a question, so there was nothing to say. All of this, while there's this underlying sense of disdain, contempt, um, you are such an inconvenience to them, anger. The withdrawal and abandonment may even be physical. In their moments of passive-aggressive anger, they might storm out and isolate themselves. Maybe they close themselves in a room or storm out, you know, and take a drive with this big show of their exit. They are showing their perceived rejection in a way that pushes you to take action to make them feel less hurt. They want you to come to them, to pour the effort to make them feel better. So to do all the giving, to stop them and say, no, please don't go. I'm sorry. I was wrong. While they are sulking in an isolated room, you have a choice. You can go to them or not. And we get pulled to go to them because we want to make things right. We want to reconcile with them. So you go in to talk to them, but you're going to find yourself in a circular conversation, dealing with gaslighting, dealing with blame shifting. So so when you go in and you try to talk to them, remember their story doesn't start with their behavior towards you. Their story starts with your objection to it. And so you go in and go, hey, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but that did really hurt me when you said, you know, whatever it was that they had said to you. And the response you get is, well, I never said that. I just got hurt by you. It was your words. It was your, and the, and the circular conversation starts, the blame shifting starts. This is all your fault. So you don't go into them. Oh, after enough years of this, I quit going in. And so maybe, you know, maybe you're tired of the circular conversations, but when you don't go in, you pay a price for that too. Now they're going to stomp around the house, sulking, huffing, clearly upset, laying in the middle of the floor, uh, in your face about how upset they are until you finally speak up. Hey, are you okay? And it, it, and then it explodes. Then it happens. Then we're in the circular conversation with the blame. So there is no way out of this. You can try as gently as you can, but it's not going to do any good. They are heavily armed with their verbal attacks of blame guilt, and victimhood. With this type of narcissistic anger, it just isn't as easy to see. That simmering, it's there. The boil's just under the surface. You can feel it, but you can't quite put your finger on it. It's hard to explain. It's very tough to give examples. And when you try to talk to them about their anger, they'll even say, I'm not an angry person. Give me some examples. How am I an angry person? But it's so hard to give those examples, and they can quickly explain away each one. 
looping in circles and leaving you with nothing. A narcissistic rage is externally terrifying, but the narcissistic simmer is internally terrifying. The effect of the narcissistic simmer leaves you doubting yourself, doubting your sense of reality, doubting your perceptions and your memories, wearing you out, trying to figure out how to fix all of this or if it was even your fault in the first place. What did I do wrong? What can I do better? The internal storm it creates is horrible. And it leaves you truly wondering if you are the narcissist. I have so many people who have been subjected to this come to me in individual or group sessions and actually declare, hey, I'm, I'm the narcissist here. They're 100% convinced of this and asking me for help. Of course, I ask them, well, how did you draw this conclusion? What brought you to the conclusion that you are a narcissist? And their words often are, well, my partner told me. Look, the victims of covert narcissistic abuse, they are extremely hesitant, often unwilling to tell their partner that they think they are a narcissist. They're afraid of the reaction. They're hesitant to hurt them with these words. They're afraid of, of you know, to be truthful with how they're feeling and actually still trying to protect their partner's feelings. They're not the ones calling their partner a narcissist. Narcissistic people, they have no trouble throwing this word around. They're not afraid of upsetting you or hurting your feelings. They're not trying to protect you. So the accusation comes out easily. Think about that the next time your partner calls you a narcissist. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. The information provided by Renee Swanson and the Covert Narcissism Podcast is for educational purposes only and is not to be used for diagnosis purposes and not intended to be a substitute for clinical care. Please consult a healthcare provider for guidance specific to your case. This material discusses narcissism in general. It does not claim that any specific person has narcissism and should not be used to refer to any specific person as having narcissism. Permission is not granted to link to or repost this material to support an allegation or a claim that any specific person is a narcissist. That would be an unauthorized misuse of the material and information provided.